0: I'm so uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't actually know. But you know what? Uh, I did start watching The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Oh, very good, very yeah. very good stuff. I'm sure you've seen all the Baby Yoda memes yeah. online, right? That are imp- yeah. impossible to miss unless yeah. you just don't go on the internet. But it's it's good. It's not just like cutesy stuff. Like it's a really solid Star Wars show. I'm really cool. really enjoying it. Yeah, I can't believe it's already half over. Wow. Yeah, I think they're only doing eight episodes. Okay. But then they're doing like a Cassian Andor show and they're doing an Obi-Wan show. Right? Yeah. Which and like excited if, about. And it's
1: like if it's solid content, you know, like I don't mind it being just eight episodes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're doing, um, you know, they've already started production on season two. So, you know, Disney likes it. But it's really all they have. Like other than that, I don't think Disney Plus like has a ton to offer. They do have The Simpsons though. They have it, the entire uh, 30 seasons, even though only like eight of them are good. Yeah,
1: yeah, they actually have a lot to offer because my friend at work got uh, Disney Plus and then I was talking about, oh, it's like, what do they really have? And he's like, you know what? There's a lot more on there than you think. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, like <laughs> because they have Fox, there's a ton of like Fox shows on there. Yeah. Including yeah. the Simpsons, but I think they also have like lots of cool old art cartoons like like the DuckTales. They do have the DuckTales, and, like, yeah. Do they have gargoyles?
0: They do have gargoyles. Yeah, I love gargoyles. Like, yeah. yeah, gargoyles stands up too. Like I watched it a few years ago on YouTube. It's still stands got it up. Cool. Yeah. They also have like Batman the Animated Series, which is a good show. Yeah, it's one of the best pieces of Batman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So Alright, well, should we get to today's main topic?
1: We can. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I guess we should say what the show is. This is a show about magic.
0: That's right. It's Turn One Soul Ring, and I'm Kevin. And I'm Eric. And today on the show, we are continuing our archetype series with uh, the graveyard or reanimator archetype. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what have we done so far? We've done we've done Voltron, and we've done one Tribal. More.
1: Yeah, and we've just
0: that's it. I think right? it's just the two.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. Owen Wilson.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you got it.
0: Uh, um, <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we're going to cover uh, something going on in the world of magic, or a couple of things. Um,
1: what do we got for that, Eric? Um, for this episode, we have the update on some Pioneer stuff going on. Um, just a little bit of a banning. Yeah, they do
0: them every. They do an announcement every Monday, every wh- Monday. whether or not anything has changed, which is yeah. which is good for a new format, a brand new format. Yeah, yeah, I
1: do like how they're taking this one for sure. And yeah,
0: and I think if it wasn't as popular, um, they maybe wouldn't be doing it so rigorously because yeah. they they're really giving it a lot of support.
1: They are, and I think like the player base for MTGO is really good for Pioneer right now. So yeah, it's really good that they're keeping it up like this. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um it was about a month less than a month ago for the last banning, I think. It was like the eighteenth of November. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So then this banning is happening December second and they are getting rid of uh three cards. So we have once upon a time. Yeah, free spell. Free spells too good. (laughs) Well
0: just green is was so dominant, right? It's just like what was happening in standard.
1: Yeah. And Green is really good for mana fixing with Once Upon a Time. Like, yeah. you can keep more sketchy hands and still be pretty good, so... Well, yeah, especially with the London Mulligan and oh, that, yeah. right? It's, it's, it's so good. It's really, really good. Another standard banning is here as well with Field of the Dead. Mm, yeah. Just too many too many Zombos, mm. again, from just having lands come out, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard for a controlled text, I think, to really do anything against this, this playstyle as well. So it really kind of hits that end of the spectrum of the decks a lot. I think that's what they've said a lot about it. Right, because you can't,
0: can you, you, you could stifle that, but that's it, right? Because it's a it's a land entering the battlefield trigger.
1: Yeah, so there's nothing, and like, land destruction isn't really a thing that you run.
0: No, of course not. Yeah, like what you would have, you? You have, um... Uh... No, that's from Time Spiral, that's too old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's the one land in Pioneer right now that's like the... Oh, Field of the Dead. You could use that, couldn't you? Well, Field of Dead is the one we band. Oh, sorry, I meant um, Field yeah. of Ruin. Field of Ruin, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I was, I was like, it's another Field card, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Field of Ruin uh, is kind of your one thing to, to fight the Field of the Dead decks. <laughs> yeah. And the last card was Smuggler's Copter. Well, I think we all saw, thought that might happen. Yeah, because that card was really powerful back in the past standard. And the past standard, when it did get banned, they said the reason was because now that card is so good, why not just throw it in every single deck? And now we just have 56 card decks for standard, and that's why they got rid of it. Right. This time around, apparently the strength of Mono Black, Aggro, and other aggressive decks featuring Smuggler's Copper yeah, it was, was just too
0: much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was making up too much of the
1: meta. Yeah, I did yeah. see that Like uh, the Mono Black deck definitely was very real good, mm-hmm. as they are saying here. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But it's just because they have the Night Market Lookout, which whenever it gets tapped, uh, you drain your opponent one. And so if you crew the Copter with it, it still drains the opponent. Yeah. If you have one Copter out and three Night Markets, you can still tap all three to crew the one Copter. Right. When your opponent loses three, you gain three. Ugh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. Yes, that is very good. <clears throat> so.
0: So yeah, the next banning will be... Um, yeah, one same day this episode comes up. Yeah, <laughs> see what happens. <clears throat> yeah, and have you have you played? Are you still working on your pioneer decks, like putting them together in paper? Yes. Yeah, and you you're building two, right? Cool.
1: i gonna have a mono green, and then uh, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do with the toying around with the ideas with the Rakdos because it hinges on Smuggler's Copter because it's like a madness style deck. Right. Smuggler's Copter works really well. So it's yes. Like, did you buy any Smuggler's Copters? Uh, I bought Smuggler's Copters back in Standard. Oh, and you I still have them? I never got rid of them. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, so I was, at least that's good.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're not, like, losing anything. Yeah. yeah. I could have traded them in when they were at a high point, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't gain and lose, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't know <laughs> they were going to
0: get banned. Well, it's like when, you know, it's like when you, it's like, at, like, Gilded Drake keeps going up and it's like, you know, like, I could sell mine, but, eh.
1: Yeah is it <laughs> you probably not going to They're sleep just going to go so up. Like, yeah. Right? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> no, but in all seriousness, the uh like uh it's, it's like the videos I've been watching online, it sounds like legacy or like vintage cards are actually the prices on them, the values on them is has been going down and have been going down for quite a long time because the new stuff is so popular. So, that's kind of interesting. That's really interesting. Yeah, just follow the money. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. All right, so um, do we have anything else? Nothing Nothing, nothing else? Well, too. I wanted to uh, just give a couple of shout-outs to our uh, November giveaway winners. We had uh, two of them. And um, <laughs> funny thing, uh, when I went to the local game store to pick up the um, Cold Snap packs, they didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I, I asked the, uh, the, the, the folks that won our giveaway what they would prefer mirrored in or fifth dawn. And they both said mirrored and they actually, you know, they preferred mirrored in even over cold snap. Oh, look at that. Um, so hopefully they both pull like a, you know, foil Chrome mocks or something. Yeah. Good right? luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but those, those are in the mail right now. They might have them by the time this episode comes out, but, um, nice first little Christmas gift. Yeah, it is a nice little Christmas gift, yeah. and they're like, you know, free stuff is free stuff. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sweat it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I was like, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, they were uh, food chain EDH, um, and uh, so you can go check it's and like Instagram. It's all, it's all one, uh, all one word. So go check him out. They uh, or he does magic content. He's actually also a member of the Commanders Vault podcast. Um, um. Yeah, which I haven't listened to, uh, so I can't say, you know, anything good or bad about it. But, you know, it's, it's it sounds like it's Commander content, so go check that out if you're so inclined. And I don't know, I don't even know what they're on. They might be on iTunes. I'm not Maybe. sure. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? But, uh, yeah, Commander's Vault. And the other one is, this is a bit of a tough one. I think it's Lord Yes Huat TV. All right. So, um, and he's, um, uh, his Instagram is like a video game uh, content, but there's also some magic content. So, you know, if, if you're uh, if you're interested in that, go check that out. So, uh, yeah, those guys will probably be letting us know what they pulled in their Mirrodin packs. I'm excited to see.
1: Yeah, and what they got. to know what happened with that. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the main topic, which is, the reanimator archetype. And this is a pretty straightforward archetype. So we're gonna be talking about a couple of decks and a couple of formats after we get through kind of like the basic idea behind reanimator. So a bit of a different approach than we've done in the past with this uh, with this series. So um Should we be playing spooky scary skeletons? That's right, like reassembling so, skeleton. Yeah, yeah it reanimates itself. <laughs> um, so what does reanimator mean? I think that uh you know, what it means is recurring any permanent card from the graveyard to the battlefield. Yes. I think uh, more specifically what we're talking about is creatures when we talk about, like, reanimator decks and the the original, you know, the original name of the card, reanimate, is
1: talking about a creature. Yes, which I was actually just pulling up. Yeah. It's only one black. That's right. You put a creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under your control and you lose life equal to its CMC. That's that could be good. That could be very good. Yeah. I could see that. Is that
0: uh that's only legal in like Vintage and Legacy, right? Reanimate? Or is it legal
1: is that a modern card? Uh it was printed in Ultimate Masters. Oh, okay.
0: Then well, yeah. no,
1: that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean it's Yeah, cuz Ultimate uh do, do, sets legality Legacy Vintage Commander. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but I would also consider a reanimate
0: type of strategy or a graveyard type strategy. Really, any time you're bringing cards back from your graveyard. So yeah. it doesn't like, have to be creatures. No. Like it's
1: enchantments or something like that. Yeah,
0: or so anytime they're... Because like instant sorceries, you're going to be putting those back in your hand.
1: Yeah, right? so that's not really reanimating it. It's more like... Just re, yeah, recurring or, it. Yeah.
0: And, you know, putting stuff on top of your library too. Like green does that, has that kind of effect a lot. Yeah. Um, or like uh, like that cycle of lands from, well, they're not from any single set, but like Hall of Heliods, Generosity, and Volras, Stronghold. Those cards that put specific card types on top of your library, I would yeah. consider that. I mean, that's obviously a form of recursion, not necessarily reanimate. Because reanimating, you know, I, the definition of the word is... You know, right away, so I feel like bringing it's right it, Bringing something back to life, Yeah, right? so
1: you're from, in magic sense, from the graveyard to the battlefield, mm-hmm. that's a reanimate.
0: Right. And like an enchantment or an artifact or, you know, th- those aren't alive. Sure. Right? But it's if, you're still,
1: if you're still getting it from graveyard to battlefield, yeah. that's a reanimate. Mm-hmm.
0: For sure. I agree. Yeah, but we don't need to get too much into the semantics of it. We just did. <laughs> we did, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, the, uh, like we said, the archetype was originally named for the card Reanimate, and um, it does, the, the archetype shares traits with both combo and aggro deck archetypes. And um, the archetype itself is um, basically as old as the game itself. <clears throat> a few cornerstones of all reanimator strategies are cheating large creatures onto the battlefield ahead of curve. That's very important. Mm. Uh, and the creatures that you cheat in should also have a powerful ETB or static ability that affects the board. Uh, they could also have die triggers, right? If you're if you're kind of moving
1: them from battlefield to graveyard. That works. Or, as well. or one of the most popular kinds of deck like this in modern would be the um, dredge? I hate myself right now. <laughs> What's the he you like pay seven life, draw seven cards? Oh grizzle brand. Grizzle brand, thank yeah. you. Yeah. That's the most popular, yeah. You know, just get that guy out. You're like, oh, pay seven life, draw cards, pay seven life, draw cards, gain some life, pay some life, draw some more cards. You're like, oh, I win the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so you want stuff like that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, another cornerstone is, um, you know, cards that allow you to bring the creatures back from the graveyard and cards that let you put them
1: in there in the first place. Yeah, you do need to, you can't just discard cards for no reason, so you need a card to... Be able to get that creature from your hand into the graveyard, or from your library, like like within tomb. Yes, right.
0: That as well. Yeah. <clears throat> so the most common colors that represent the archetype are black, green, and red. Mm-hmm. And uh, although the competitive reanimator deck, popular in like in the Legacy format, is more commonly black and blue, it does have it does have sometimes black and red, black red and blue, black red and green sometimes, but white is. Uh, Nowhere to be
1: found in that combination. Which <laughs> there was actually, in a standard in the past, uh, a white reanimator deck just because of refurbish, I think it is.
0: And oh, yeah. Bringing, yeah, and mm-hmm. you're
1: bringing back, like, hawks and stuff, so. Mm, those gear hawks. Mm. So,
0: um... It's an archetype that often feels unfair to play against because of the cheating of mana costs. and oh, that, yeah. g- that generally doesn't feel very good to play against decks that cheat mana costs because it is one of the most powerful things we can do, right? Like, that, oh yeah, that's why Crick
1: feels so unfair to play against because you just pay life. Yeah, you know that's. Or no then other- you see a Grizzlebrand on turn two on the battlefield, and you're like, why? Yeah, I <laughs> It's Like, what is happening? <laughs> I should have, <laughs> I should have for this. <clears throat> So it's also
0: one of the archetypes that can be completely shut down, which is its greatest weakness. And uh, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but um, in reference to the graveyard, because cards like Leyline of the Void um, and cards that effectively remove graveyards from the game, Rest in Peace is another one. Yeah, The strategy is just completely dead in the water because, you know, with a, with a strategy, like a toolbox strategy, right? If you're... If you play a card like Mindlock Orb or even Mind Sensor, where I can't search my library, or I'm restricted. I can still draw cards from my library. Yep. If I'm playing a Reanimator strategy or even Dredge, where I'm putting tons of cards into my graveyard, and or even what Phoenix when Phoenix was a thing, yeah, I'm putting a bunch of cards into my graveyard. If you play Leyline of the Void or Rest in Peace, my graveyard is exiled now, yeah. and we don't have any mass exile recursion cards. We have like single target. But there's uh, Excel. no mass, yeah. There's no mass. So it's really, that's really tough to come back from. And I think that that is very unique to a graveyard strategy. Yeah. That it can be just, it's just gone. It's just gone. Like, I mean, <clears throat> in some cases you just kind of like cry. Yeah. Yeah. You just cry and like maybe go to time. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so we've talked a bit about the strengths and weaknesses of the archetype. Um, maybe we should talk about some lesser-known commanders um, or commanders that people don't think of as reanimator commanders. Yeah, sure. So this one I think is pretty obvious, but um, just in case, uh, the Gitrog monster. So because these recurring lands, and we talked about this, uh, maybe don't think of him as a reanimator commander, but he's definitely like a recursion commander or a graveyard commander. Um, and you can definitely build a self mill strategy and have lots of ways to bring back lands from the graveyard. But I think the most common way I've seen the Gitrog monster played is with the combo with like exsanguinate or what's the other one, Torment of Hailfire. Yeah. Where you just, you just make am- a massive amount of, make mana. A mass of black mana with, uh, is it maddening imp i can't remember but it's uh it's it's a common creature for our from urza saga anyways you know that's still i would still consider that a well at least a graveyard strategy the next one i have here is moldrotha the gravetide that's a new one
1: super uh
0: popular yeah did no rylan has a moldrotha deck
1: right Or he did. He did. I don't know if he still does, but he was, yeah. Yeah. I remember playing against that, and it was not nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Long turns. Yeah. So, yeah, even though, um, I think it's a she, I don't know. Even even though she doesn't cheat (laughs) mana costs on her own, um, she does make your graveyard a second hand that you can cast specific cards from on each turn, and it is on each turn, right? You can cast a permanent card of each, or you can cast a card of each permanent type on each of, during each of your turns. Ooh, okay, yeah. Each turn would be really good, yeah. right? Especially if you had like Leyline of
1: Anticipation or Vidalcan Ore. That's when it gets real gross. <laughs> yeah. But no, it does specify your turn, so. <clears throat> but it's still one of each permanent type. Yeah, so you can play, and it's play. You can play lands, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like if you have a land, enchantment, creature, artifact, like you can play like four or five cards at your mm-hmm. graveyard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, same thing. If it gets exiled, you know, that sucks. But it's not as bad as some other strategies, yeah. Because like, you're not relying on it as heavily.
1: Yeah, like you can definitely build this deck where it's more of like a value engine compared to like only relying on your graveyard.
0: For sure. Yeah. And in certain metas, you know, you just need to do that. Yeah. I think it's. It seems like in the wild, more casual meta where you go to your local game store, you don't really have to worry about graveyard hate as much. Yeah. But um. But I always I always run a few pieces
1: of it. It's always nice to have.
0: Yeah, even if it's just like a cantrip or something, or you're, you're, if you're in black, like I was gonna, like a cantrip, like Relic of Progenitus, where it's just a one shot. Oh, totally. <clears throat> so next up, uh, I've thought about building around this guy, but I've I've never seen him on the battlefield. I like this one. It's Cedrus the Traitor King. So we should probably be reading
1: these. What am I doing? Yeah. Doing? <laughs> uh, so Cedrus the Traitor King is three of anything: a blue, a black, and a red. Uh, he is a z- legendary zombie warrior, five five for the power and toughness. Each creature card in your graveyard has unearth. That's an old one. Yeah. So unearth just means you pay two in a black. Well his unearth cost is two in a black. Yeah. And so you can return the card to play. This creature gains haste, and then you remove it from the game at the end of the turn. And what is do they? Does each creature have the same that unearth cost? Yes, each creature has the three mana for the unearth cost. So. <clears throat> this one's a really interesting one because you do have to play around. You can't just, like, keep bringing stuff back because it gets exiled from the game after you bring yeah, it back. Yeah,
0: so it's kind of fair. Yeah. is so, it? It's exiled at the end of turn? Yeah. So you could, like, I guess you could um, Sundial of the Infinite and it'd stay on the battlefield. Right? Because mm. Sundial of the Infinite is end the turn, but you can only activate it
1: on your turn. Oh, right. That would work, I think. Where's this card a creature gains haste, remove it from the game at end of turn, or if it would leave play. Yeah. yeah. So if
0: you just end your turn with Sundial. Yeah. yeah. That'd be good. That'd be a great way. That's and a then cool they could combo. And then if they died, you could you know do it again with, with Cedrus. Yeah, that's cool. I actually, I actually hadn't thought of that until yeah, just that's now. A,
1: that's a cool little combo. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so Nell the Infinite is like really good with, with stuff like that. Like, um, what's that, uh, that Commander Phage where, um, yes, That works with her as well. Or like anytime you're like making tokens of things where they would get exiled at the end of turn, Sundiali Infinite is good. Like
1: I run one in my Kiki Jiki deck. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is also a neat commander because you can, a lot of times you're going to be building a combo around, like if you just have those creatures in play, you kind of like win the game. Right. So it's like you want those creatures in your hand or in your graveyard. And then once you have that massive, whatever combo you're kind of going for, you Mm -hmm. can just like tap on tap, do whatever.
0: Yeah. And they have haste, right? So you can use uh, any activated abilities. Yeah. Right away. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm really surprised. It seems like this is potentially so much value with this commander. I really haven't seen him. What, What set is he from originally? It is originally from Shards of Alara, only okay. set. The only time it's printing. Yeah, I wonder what the foils cost. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, with something like this, you also want strong ETB triggers or static abilities. Not Well, not static abilities, because they're not going to really stay, yeah. generally speaking. But you don't want die triggers. No. right? You want leave the battlefield triggers. Correct. So next up, we have
1: uh, oh. Gyrus, Waker of Corpses. Just as a little tidbit, for Canadian prices, a Cedrus uh, foil is looking at about 15 bucks. Okay, that's not not no, terrible. Not bad. Not bad, not bad. So Gyrus,
0: Waker of Corpses is... Or is a, it Gyrus? It could be Gyrus. <laughs> it could be Yyrus. The G could be silent. Oh, it could be, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's X, black, red, and green for a legendary creature, Hydra. Gyrus Waker of Corpses, enters the battlefield with a number of 1-1 counters on it, equal to the amount of mana spent to cast it. Whenever Gyrus attacks, you may exile target creature card with lesser power uh, from your graveyard. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that card that's tapped and attacking. Exile the token at the end of combat. So, this guy's kind of fun because, like Cedrus, he seems kind of a little more fair because the tokens get exiled. Yeah. Um... And also the creature gets exiled from your graveyard, so you can't repeatedly do it. Yeah. Uh, and what I really like about Jairus, like, you know, not, you know, the whole graveyard package notwithstanding, or graveyard strategy, is that the he, you sort of get incremental value off the commander tax, when normally commander tax is just a tax, right? We're not getting anything out of it, because the X is, you know, the, the the X can be part of, like, it's just mana that you still have to pay the commander tax, but it's it's mana spent on Gyrus, Gives him power toughness.
1: Yeah, so, so you can, like, if you want to sink all your mana into him, you have that option just to make him more powerful. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really neat... Um, I, I really like the wording on that card, just for how it works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, spent to
1: cast it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, this was in the uh, Lord Windgrace deck Pre-con, I yeah. believe.
1: i think i took it out almost immediately <laughs> <laughs> but it just wasn't you know it's a very one shot like it's a little bit of a different one because you have to attack and then you only get like the one recursion once right mm-hmm. so yeah it's a little bit different but i guess you could um you could use uh what's that artifact
0: called eric's like i'm searching for it <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> it's the one that copies um triggered abilities oh. it's two mana uh Strionic resonator exactly you got it Strion- yeah. yeah Strionic resonator would work i believe because it's a triggered ability it's yeah, whenever so you attack it'll, it'll copy it so you could copy it that way yeah and then I guess on the stack, you could untap Strionic Resonator with, like, Voltaic Key and then do it again. But anyways. <laughs> going deep. And then if you had a manifold key, yeah, we, I could keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so next up for commanders, we have uh, Chainer Nightmare Adept. Chainer is 2, a black, and a red for a legendary creature, human minion, 3-2. Discard a card. You may cast a creature card from your graveyard this turn. Activate this ability only once each turn, so that's nice because you cast the card you discard. Nice. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if you didn't cast it from your hand, it gains haste until end of turn. Ooh. Yeah, this guy seems... Really, really good. I think if I had gotten the um, Rakdos deck this year for our league, I would have built around this guy because it just seems like a ton of value. And the creatures get haste, which is really nice. And they don't, they don't like leave the battlefield. You can cast it from your graveyard. I think this was also the card we were talking about the most from that deck. Yeah, as far yeah. as the commanders goes. Yeah. yeah. I think we were talking about um, the flagship commander the least because even Grevin is really cool.
1: Yeah, <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I like this one a lot i've uh, I've been considering like building building around this since the the decks got released. maybe Trevor will uh lend me his i'm sure it's not in his deck anymore no not, <laughs> i mean
1: <laughs> I was
0: actually thinking it's, about that isn't it funny that last year at our league Riley was the only one that changed his commander, and this year Riley's the only one that hasn't
1: changed his commander That's a really interesting yeah just yeah. i was just thinking that's really cool just thinking about days days gone by yeah. And obviously for how, like, the archetypes work out, it makes sense. But it's uh, it's a really funny... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but I, I really like the... I actually really like the flagship commander from uh, my deck. It's just that if there's too much graveyard hate, it, it ends up getting tanked.
0: Well, yeah. And, like, I, you know, to- I like playing tokens, but board yeah. wipes. Yeah. i just like, I'm done. Even if and somebody plays, like, what Riley got me, like, Echoing Truth, he, like, wiped my board because yeah. he copied it and then hit my <laughs> other set of tokens. So...
1: And uh, the one really neat part about Savine that I think gets looked over is that any damage done to Savine is just negated. Yeah, so that's really... It's that, an infinite blocker, and then if you have things like Blaston Act and stuff, Savine does nothing. Out. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, it is really nice of them to put that on there. Yeah. Very, very nice. Okay, next up we have Machaeus the Unhallowed. Um, I have a Machaeus deck.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, I'll never forget this guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, uh, he's three and three black. For a 5-5 zombie cleric, legendary creature, with Intimidate, whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. Other non-human creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have Undying. And uh, Undying is whenever a creature with Undying dies, if it had no 1-1 counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a 1-1 counter on it. So this, the, the well at least the deck that I put together, it doesn't sort of follow the 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 reanimator kind of rules that we talked about where it's like you're trying to get big creatures out ahead of curve this deck has a lot of little creatures that have enter the battlefield abilities and then you put minus one minus one counters on them or a a creature with persist yeah so then it just keeps coming back and a a sacrifice outlet yeah Yeah. so but it still is a certainly a graveyard centric deck and you know the cards that for graveyard hit that we talked about definitely shut shut me down
1: is that an infinite combo are you going infinite?
0: Are you going, are you going infinite? It's like, well, there's no, I'm like, I mean, and then I like, and then I'm a nerd, and I'm like, well, technically, there's no, you know, there are infinite combos, but that's not.
1: <laughs> that was really funny. I get that all the time.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that, that deck can be pretty rough because you can just find your combo so easily. And yeah. Like, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, and it's like black, right? You have the best tutors. And that's the only thing, right? Like the cards that shut down graveyard strategies, like Leyland of the Void or Rest in Peace. Um, cards like that, they're enchantments. Yeah. And black is terrible at getting enchantments those. and artifacts, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So it's kind of perfect. Um.
1: And one more here. Uh, yeah. This is the deck that I've really wanted to build around for a while and just haven't gotten to. It is Scion of the Ur-Dragon. So this is a Wuburg deck. Oh, yeah. This is an older... This, this is an older one. Yeah, yeah. Commander 2017. So you pay two mana. Oh, uh, it's a legendary creature dragon. It's a 4-4 four, for five mana. Ugh, not a good raise. Uh, <laughs> so you pay two of anything and you search your library for a dragon permanent card and put it into your graveyard. If you do, sign of the Dragon becomes a copy of that card until end of turn and you shuffle your library. It's like, uh, it's like the cost and then colons. You can do it multiple times. You can do it multiple times, yeah, because it's two mana colon. Um, so you can kind of play around with the, the stack a little bit that way. Right. Or activated abilities. Cause you have to do it all at once because it's not like this creature gains that ability. So if you pay yeah, two mana right. and then pay two mana, pay two mana, and it's like on the stack, it's this thing, you can do something. It's this thing. You yeah. Can do something. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. And I've seen, I've seen decks, but since the Ur-Dragon came out, that's. With Eminence. It's, like, yeah. It's yeah. just like, we will just do that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This one's really interesting because it's more of a toolbox-style deck because you're only getting the one-shot ability from making uh, the Scion whatever dragon that is. But then, of course, because you're putting dragons into the graveyard, um, it does have that reanimator style to it. Mm -hmm. There is a mass reanimate dragon spell in black. I can't remember what it's called, but... Obviously, and you're like, oh, no, I got 15 dragons on the battlefield. What's up? Well, there's um, Patriarch's Bidding, which is three and two black, and you
0: choose a creature type, and e- or each player chooses a creature type, and that player returns all creatures of the chosen type from their graveyard to the battlefield. I run mm-hmm. it in my Sliver deck. It's great okay, It's really great good. in any tribal deck that can run black.
1: Yeah. But
0: even just, like, Rise from the Dark Realms, right? And oh, you just so get great. all the creatures.
1: Yeah. That's a great card for something like this. Um, and then even, like, there's some other, like, really fun cards... Like there's a wrath where it's like destroy all non-dragon creatures. And you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. It yeah. Goes well. <laughs> and there's
0: and the same from that from Commander 2017, like those kindred decks, I think it's like kindred dominance, maybe. And it's um it's a blackboard wipe that you choose a creature type and you destroy all creatures that aren't of the chosen type. It's oh, so like Harsh Mercy isn't like Patriarch's Biddings from Onslaught and Harsh Mercy is another card from Onslaught, is a tribal centric set. And um, it's a, it's two and a white for each player chooses a creature type. Destroy all creatures that aren't of the chosen types. Well,
1: that's so good. And then, yeah, the, uh, the black board ripe is Kindred Dominance. Mm-hmm. So you just choose a creature type and destroy all creatures that aren't of the chosen type. And what's the cost on that? Seven. Two Seven. black and five.
0: Yeah. And you're in a big mana deck, right? You're in a dragon deck, like a five-color yeah. deck like slivers in, in the sense that like you just want lots of mana. Yeah. Mana hungry. I mean, we're all pretty mana hungry. You get right down Should
1: to be. it. <laughs> <cast> spells.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So, um, with the popularity of Pioneer still gaining steam, um, we'd like to talk a bit about, uh, a Rakdos reanimator deck that we've seen running around that format. Uh, and this is a deck that I've actually thought about building and something that's kind of nice about Pioneer is that, uh, it's, um, you can build a pretty solid deck for like under $400, Yeah. which is kind of, you know, it's kind of refreshing. Those are like standard mid prices, I think, cause you can build, I don't know, like what's the most expensive deck in standard. It's probably like maybe seven, 800. I don't even know if it would be that high at this point. Sometimes it gets a little out of control. Right. but without having to buy like four okos for your deck it's probably a lot cheaper and for uh once
1: upon a times yeah right (laughs) um where are we right now uh yeah at the moment like uh so getting just stats from uh goldfish yeah that's usually what i use uh top tier you're looking at a boat there's a couple are getting close to four in standard yeah yeah that's where tops out at 400
0: yeah, so and sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower. Like before yep. it, when it was Oko, like you were looking at closer to six. Yeah, six, seven hundred dollars, which is like too, too much for a standard deck. Right? that's just getting nuts. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cause like and you're doing that every I mean, you're not necessarily you're not building a brand new deck every standard season, but your your deck could be obsolete with the release of a new set. Yeah. Right? Like that that can happen. Which is why I don't play standard. Yeah, because uh, you know it's just like, and it's like it's a lot to keep up with. You know, like you know it's it's enough when you have like you when you play eternal formats to keep up. If you have multiple decks to keep up with what cards you want to put into your decks. So, anyways, um, but if I did play arena, I would play standard. It's like a Hearthstone. Like I play standard on there, but you're not like, um, I when we were talking about this before the show, but the economy is different. Yeah, right because. A standard, standard cards and paper all have different costs and values, right? And it's based on their playability. Totally. And in digital, all rarities cost the same amount. Same. And that really changes what decks you can build, I think. I, you know, like that's been my experience with Hearthstone. You know, like you can build a tier one deck in Hearthstone playing for free because yeah. that's how, like, that's how I do it. Yeah, yeah, So.
1: And it's like it, it. For a lot of people, you don't want to spend a lot of money, and, and so if you're playing on Arena, you can kind of. You only need a certain amount of the wild cards yeah. to like get the rares and mythics that you need to like play like an actual good deck. Yeah. Instead of spending like four or five hundred dollars.
0: And I think you'd agree that it feels better to spend. If you're going to spend money on Magic, it feels better to spend it on paper cards than it does on digital cards. I agree, I agree with that a lot because you're actually getting value.
1: You are, you know? and you you have something tangible to hold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that feels good. Yeah. yeah, and you get you have like resale value. Yeah, um, I think a lot of people that most people that play Magic, I think, really like the physical cards. They look nice. It's nice to have the physical. And you know,
0: and yeah, you can ha- get them altered. You can get that. You can you pimp out your deck like all those things. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, that that uh, that feels good. You know, it's it's like anything that's gone. F- you know, that's that has like a digital aspect to it. Like I read books on my phone. But I really prefer to
1: read... A paper book there's there's know? still something so much nicer about having like a book especially yeah like one of those like nice hardcover ones as well yeah um and also i also really like the smell of uh y- yes yeah, yeah me that's... too <laughs> what
0: i really like about is uh like when you're reading like a, a, a book and like you close it because you're like finished for that session and you like look at the, the side where the bookmark is and it's like okay like i've it feels like you've accomplished yeah, something you or when you get much... past that halfway point
1: <laughs> <laughs> like it
0: yeah it feels good yeah But anyways, let's uh, talk about a little Rakdos Reanimator. So um, I did some research, and I built a deck which uh, I put on deck stats, but for the purposes of this, I just have a link to um, a goldfish deck. Um, So basically, this deck is going to win by pulling big creatures out of the graveyard, um, like everything we've talked about so far. And before we can pull creatures out of the graveyard, we need to put them in there, And we're going to use cards like Stitcher Supplier, Rixmati Reveler, and Thrill of Possibility to do it. So Stitcher Supplier is one and a black for a 1-1 zombie. He's just one black. Oh, yeah, it is just one black. You're right. Uh, When he enters the battlefield or dies, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. That's
1: pretty decent. Pretty good. Uh, And then we have the Rixmati Reveler. I didn't even know about this card uh yeah i forgot about this one actually <laughs> me too yeah the spectacle cost is kind of neat uh so it's one of anything in a red for a two two and then it has spectacle for two of anything a black and a red so it's one of these rare cases where the spectacle is actually more the mm-hmm. spectacle is usually less just to get the card out there it's like revel arcs evoke yeah yeah so when the Rix Mighty reveler enters the battlefield discard a card then draw a card If the Spectacle cost was paid, instead, discard your hand, then draw three cards. Mm, That's nice. That's really nice. uh, Especially if you have, like in this case, obviously, we want to get cards in the graveyard. But obviously, if you're in a late game situation, you have no cards in hand. Yeah. You can just kind of like refill your hand. Yeah. Three card draws. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So next up, this is like the, uh, as sort of as soon as Faithless Looting was banned, I, this card got, or I saw this card like in the spoiler list. And I was like, okay, I could, this could be like a really bad replacement. So <laughs> it's one in red for an instant, which makes it really good. As an additional cost to cast the spell, discard a card and you draw two cards.
1: This is a very popular card actually. Yeah. Um, Cause there's another. It's good in popper as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like this This text is on cards with different names. they like the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, torment. Tormenting uh, voice. voice. Yeah. And no, Cathartic Reunion is, a, is different. Cathartic Reunion is something like discard two, draw three. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. you get a little bit even more in a way. But yeah, so yeah. it's a nice little cycle of cards. Yeah, I think the reason that, I mean, you know, there are multiple
0: reasons why Faithless Looting is so good, but it was looting, not rummaging. Yeah, but these this we're rummaging with these cards.
1: Yeah, because <clears> like it's kind of like you're you're pitching another card with it Mm-hmm. <clears throat> before you get a chance to see. So, um, which also, if you, if if you're playing against someone who has counter spells, when you pay for this card, part of the cost is discarding a card. Yeah, and if this gets countered, you're like, well, I just, just feel bad. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not kidding. But if you're just trying to put stuff in the graveyard, anyways doesn't matter if someone counters it on the other hand it does and you've probably you know probably
0: many of us have been in this situation but when you have a card like i'll use fling for example yeah you part of the cost is sacrificing the creature and i've been in situations where people have in response tried to target the creature that i've sacrificed and, and it's that. like can't do that that's you part know? of the cost that's part of the cost
1: but if but if you counter that fling
0: ooh, yeah, ooh. yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's get to the, uh, the fatties that we're going to recur. Sure. Um, and, uh, the great thing, what I love about, uh, Reanimator is that you, this is where you can kind of have fun with it and give it your own little, you know, spice because you can use really whatever creatures you want,
1: right? Yeah, like, you don't need to use specific ones. Like, any big creature that does something, you
0: exactly. throw it in here. Yeah, so, um, for this deck, we've got, uh, Ulamog, The Ceaseless Hunger, emrakul the promised end uh hornet queen is another good one that's yeah. that's just a few so with the uh the with the eldrazi you're not getting
1: the cast triggers but they're still you still have a 10 10 indestructible that mills your opponent 20 when you mm-hmm. attack with it so yeah i think that's still you know yeah good or, creature
0: yeah or emrakul <laughs> which is really tough to target and block yeah <laughs> and uh hornet queen is uh four and three green for a two two insect with flying and death touch when hornet queen enters the battlefield put four one one green insect creature tokens with flying and death touch onto the battlefield
1: also uh on this deck list is the ashen rider i really like this card a lot well yeah and this also acts as removal yeah 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 and it's like when it ETBs or dies you get rid of a permanent yeah that's strong
0: Yeah, and, like, it is... what The cast cost is four white, white, black, black. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... um, Yeah, I I didn't actually... um, I don't think I'd ever heard about this card. But what's great, another thing about Reanimator is you don't really have to worry about mana or or, uh, color too much because there's no white-producing lands in this deck. So you can just put cards like that in, and you don't have to care.
1: Yeah, like, the purpose of that card isn't to try and cast it. You're just trying to get out of the graveyard, so...
0: So yeah, you don't want four of them in your hand, obviously. Obviously, but, but
1: it's like you don't care what the colors are.
0: Absolutely. So um, you know, like we have already said, we uh, we need a way to get these fatties out of the graveyard, and with cards like Liliana's Death Majesty, Blood for Bones, and Bond of Revival, that is not going to be a problem. I really
1: like that new Blood for Bones card.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, Blood for Bones is three and a black for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a creature. Hopefully, it's Ashen Rider. Return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, then return another creature card from your graveyard to your
1: hand. So, this is a really cool card in this deck, because on top of getting our fatty out of the graveyard, we can then put another Stitcher Supplier from our graveyard back into our hand, or another Rick's Mighty Reveler as well, to just mm-hmm. keep on milling through the deck. Exactly. Um, I really find that this um, recursion card works really well with this deck, with your ETB creatures as well, milling you some more, so...
0: Yeah, and there's no net loss, right? Like, you're sacrificing a creature, you're spending blood for bones, but you're getting two, you know, one on the battlefield, one in your hand, Yeah, right? so... It really just keep the engine going. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? <sighs> this is a stupid question, but what does pioneer starts at rtr forward right yeah okay i thought yeah that's what i thought um so bond of revival is four and a black for a sorcery return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield it gains haste until end of turn not bad that's really good on the ulamog mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> yeah that is very very good
1: million uh, 20 out of nowhere
0: that's right uh Liliana death's majesty i was surprised how cheap this card is Uh, it's, uh, she's three and two black for a five loyalty planeswalker. Her plus one is create a two, two black zombie creature token, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. So she also helps with filling your graveyard. Yeah. And her minus three is return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. And her minus seven is destroy all non-zombie creatures.
1: Probably won't be getting there though. Yeah.
0: Not really relevant.
1: No. No. A um, little, little higher of a cost for... Well, I guess actually the same cost as Bond Revival. Yeah, just more restrictive, right? Because yeah. it's too black. Yeah. <clears throat> so the
0: rest of the deck is, you know, it's kind of just the stock pieces of removal for black and red and Pioneer with cards like bore and Sweltering Suns. Sweltering Suns is really good against... um,
1: like. Uh, I mean, like even with Field of the Dead out there, like yeah, it, it was a recent band, so right, right. Sweltering Suns was popular because of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and like we said, um, like Ash and Rider. This is a thing about removal in any format, right? You can t- kind of tailor it to your meta. Yeah. So um, it's not nec- it's not really the skeleton of the deck. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So, um, and then that kind of just leaves us with, uh, I mean, you know, like again, the, the mana base is the same thing. Like if you really wanted to, you could, it's a two color deck, you could probably run all basics, but you know, you can run your blood crypts at the high end dragon skull summit. You can run, can yeah, you can run the, have the allied Painlands been printed since RTR. I wonder, that's a
1: really good question. I know, the,
0: uh, I know the enemies have.
1: Yeah, they're not in this deck list, so I don't know. Yeah,
0: I would kind of, I wouldn't not run them, but what I've seen in, and what I would put in this deck, I've seen this in a lot of black pioneer decks, is a single Ur, uh, Urborg, Tomb of yogmoth because it's just like, it makes all your lands into dual lands, right? Well, not your swamps, obviously, but. Yeah, they're dual black. They tap for two black. Uh, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? Oh, sweet. Uh, Yeah, and like with the relatively recent reprinting of Urborg, it's still pretty affordable. Um, But it's not something that you absolutely need to put into the deck.
1: It's kind of an extra. Like if you don't need to spend the 20 bucks,
0: you know. Yeah. No, spend it on on a cool fatty that you can get back out of the graveyard, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to look up what is the black one called? It's the one uh sulfur falls no not sulfur falls sulfur no that's the uh that's the czech land um i can
1: see the picture uh sulfur springs sulfur springs sulfurous sulfurous yeah so it's printed in uh originally in ice age i think yeah but that's edition is the most recent so so no
0: no yeah okay so can't run the pain lands, just the, uh, just the enemy ones. The enemy lands are getting some, some love, hey? Because we got the enemy pain lands and we have the enemy fast lands that we can yeah. run in this format. So that's a nice change, change of pace for, for a format because in modern, it's sort of the other way around. We have m- many, many more printings of, of uh, allied colors. Yeah. Like two sets of allied fetch lands and only one set of enemy fetch land standard sets, I mean, because otherwise we have the uh, m seventeen
1: which is... Reprinting, yeah.
0: Re, well, reprinting and a lower... certainly was open less because more expensive. Yes. And fewer packs in each box. Um, you know, I'm saying that having no idea what the print run of either set was. Um,
1: Just a ballpark. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and uh, for the sideboard, again, I think uh, this is even more about your meta, right? Like if you're playing Black and Pioneer, probably run... like Thoughtseize, that's a good one. It's very expensive now. But, um, you know, also Duress is good. Um, Yeah, and, you know, you could also, in the sideboard, you could put in cards, like, you could put in a few tech big creatures that aren't in your colors that you might want to get out of your graveyard that are specific to your meta for dealing with certain deck strategies. Um, Something to think about. That's, I find, kind of the hardest thing to figure out. And the thing that kind of changes with my decks the most is the sideboard. Yeah. Because it really totally. depends where you're playing, what you're playing against.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and um, if you are a person who ends up playing on uh, MTGO, that's the time where you can just go with the most popular. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of the, you know, like a lot of times what I do when I'm building a deck is I go and look at tournament results, right? I go on MTG yeah. top eight or I go on MTG goldfish and like, look at what the meta is. And you know, they're getting that from, paper tournaments but for modern for example it's mostly mtgo yeah right and same thing with pioneer you know the bulk of it at this point is mtgo
1: yeah because that's where they can have a lot of people playing where they can see like these decks in action and such so yeah
0: exactly um but yeah at the end of the day you just have to figure out what works in your meta um so another uh rakdos reanimator deck that uh, i'd like to talk about is the popper variety Uh, this is also a deck we're going to have these decks in the show notes and we'll link them to, uh, there'll be links to, uh, my deck stats account. So this is actually a deck that I've played in paper a few times and it, it is a lot of fun. Um, and with this deck, it's basically about the same thing, but with, with, you know, uh, commons, we're a little bit more limited in the power level of creatures that we can get out of our graveyard. So it's pretty much just Ulamog's Crusher. That we're concerned with getting out of our graveyard. I also like
1: how one card is half the cost of this uh, deck. <laughs> <laughs> half the cost of the Pioneer deck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, the uh, the Popper deck. Oh yeah, one card from the yeah. You have a one play side of one card, and it's half the cost of the deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? Well, that's Exhum, right? Metamorphose. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually Yeah,
0: I actually don't run metamorphos in my deck, but um but yeah, that on on that deck list, yeah, it's yeah. it's there. But yeah, that's that is that is kind of nuts, say.
1: Eh? Yeah, it's a stupid common card. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, you know, we have cards like Exhum that uh, and and we have ways to cycle through our deck to get Exhum, or we have like shred memories so we can use transmute to get Exhum, so that we can get ulamog out. You know, you want ulamog out like turn two is like best case scenario. And then we're just swinging with an annihilator creature, which on turn two against your opponent is pretty, pretty bad, especially if you're on the play. Pretty, pretty strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's it is a bit narrow. It's a bit more narrow than a the pioneer deck, obviously. But like I said, we're we're limited with commons. That that kind of tends to happen. Yeah, but it is a super fun deck to play.
1: Well, th- I haven't th- gotten into pa- uh, popper yet, and uh, this deck's actually pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, there's um. Well, you're probably working on Saturday, but there's a uh, there's a tournament at Fusion on the fourteenth. Damn. But uh, yeah, you're probably working. Yeah. Yeah, but they do one every month, so. And they usually, like as soon as the, like they usually have like at the beginning of a month, they have like their, all their events yeah. laid out. So yeah. they'll do another one. I mean, if you ever want to like borrow it or like tune it or something, you, t- you totally can. But you know, that's the great thing about
1: Popper. It's not expensive to build a deck. No. Yeah. Like I would totally just like pick up all the pieces because yeah. I'm like, I have metamorphos already. So mm-hmm. I would just pick up the other shit and be good to go.
0: Yeah. I think besides Metamorphos, I think Exhum is like the most expensive card in the deck at like two fifty. Yeah. So I think we've covered uh, Reanimator pretty well. Talked about a couple of
1: decks. Talked about the the strategy of uh, of those decks. It's
0: pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah. You know, you're putting stuff in the graveyard, getting that stuff out, cheating mana costs, having a big thing that's fun to beat your opponent down with early game.
0: Yeah, and that's and and it's you know, it's as much fun as that is to do. It's equally as unfun and to be on when, the other side. To be on the other side, or when your graveyard gets eliminated. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know, it's a very like it feels like a very high rolly um, strategy. Yeah. To to play, but yeah, it's yeah. but it's very fun. Anytime you're cheating, mana cost is fun because you're just like I have unlimited power now. It yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's just it feels like okay, I just won. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> It feels like you won and you didn't have to work too hard for it. There you go. Which always feels good. So, um, yeah, we just want to give a big thanks to our patrons and all of our listeners. Yeah. If you want to find us on social media, we are at Turn One Soaring, the podcast. And I'm on social media at Command Beacon. So go check us out there. And you can download our show on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. Oh, and don't forget to enter our December Instagram giveaway. We're giving away three packs of Modern Horizons, I believe, yes. And uh, we do ship worldwide, so... Remember that. Yeah, it's yeah. not not just North America. Yeah. Man, when I see giveaways and it's like, we don't ship worldwide, it's like, well, I'm not going
1: to enter then. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really not that expensive. I found like the most I've had to pay for shipping for packs is maybe... I don't know, five six dollars, and that was to like Europe. Yeah. So that's not that bad. That's not that bad, and it's nice to just you know include everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's never that nice expensive. And if it was like if we were shipping something like a box or something like that, you know, if it was like the cost kind of outweighs shipping it, we would figure something out to. I think so. You yeah.
1: know, because it, it gets a little ridiculous at that point. You're like, well. That's so much money. Yeah, why don't we just give you the money to go buy it? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yes. And we
0: want the receipt. We want to see the receipt. (laughs) Um, And we always do appreciate our giveaway winners. And, you know, you don't ever have to do this, but we always appreciate um, our Instagram giveaway winners, uh, like opening the packs or showing us what they open on Instagram. That's always really nice to see, especially if they got really good pulls.
1: Yeah, it's always really nice and fun. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Open packs together.
0: Yeah, uh, Yeah. A family that opens packs together stays together. There you go. Right? Um, all right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks as always. Bye now. See you. Turn one soul ring.